0: Ah, shit. Here we go again.
1: And we are back on the road to glory. I am your host, Sean. With my usual co-host, Steph. We are coming to you live Sunday, September 10th. The day after another exciting week of college football. Week 2 is officially in the books. Had some upsets. Had some big games. Had some blowouts. Um, but all, all in all, a pretty solid day of college football. Uh, before we go any further and dive into our docket... I want to introduce Steph. What's good, bro? How you doing today?
0: Man, I'm feeling great. I, it was a pretty wild weekend, but it was a fun weekend.
1: I was a little bit nervous for a while, but things ended up going well, so. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that for sure. We're going to get to that for sure. Uh, real quick, uh make sure you guys follow us and um subscribe here on Spotify podcast or Apple podcast, whichever. Uh, platform you use to listen to us rate us a five stars or give us a like it really helps us in the algorithms uh and all that good stuff but yeah man it's nfl sunday week one as well my Steelers got absolutely clapped 30 to 7 by the san francisco 49ers so not a good start to the nfl season for me but it is what it is uh i know your boys got the prime time game tonight against those g-men of course.
0: Um, we always get the prime uh, time That's what go. happens when people want to see your team play. You play at prime time. I mean, I'm not go. talking about your team specifically because, you know, yeah,
1: yeah. I, re-
0: I respect the Steelers. But,
1: yeah, the Steelers got a you know, good fan base.
0: Yeah, for a lot of y'all teams, they put
1: you at 1 o'clock for a reason. That's all I got to say. I will say I do kind of like the 1 o'clock games better, though. Like, I'm a little bit superstitious as a fan. I just like flying under the radar. <laughs> I don't like when when other teams' fans are watching my team, because, like, y'all don't watch the Steelers every week. Y'all don't know what's going on with the Steelers. So, like, everybody's just getting off these takes, and they'd be, they be pissing me off, because, like, sometimes they'd be accurate, sometimes they'd be super inaccurate. So I'd rather just the 1 o'clock kickoff. Kick everybody's focused on their own team. My Steelers can get, get, get there and handle business. Uh, didn't work in our favor today, but <laughs> I, I still like the 1 p.m. kickoffs. But let's hop into this docket. Uh, we're gonna go through some of the highlight games of the week and just give our thoughts about them and those teams. And we'll talk a little bit about this uh Mel Tucker uh news that kind of broke this past weekend. Um and then we'll wrap up the show with uh a look at the AP top twenty five and uh get us ready for our next preview episode later on this week. Um so let's dive right in, man. Um just real quick, some scores that I wanted to highlight that we're not really going to talk about. Uh, that Notre Dame NC State game was definitely a little bit close for a while. Um, NC State was able a pretty to, good team. Yeah, I was going to say they 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 kind of surprised me. Like I knew they had a decent quarterback, um, but I didn't really expect them to have as good skill position as they did. I mean, I'm not going to necessarily say they were good, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but the defense kind of impressed me early and Notre Dame kind of struggled in the trenches before they kind of got settled in. So we'll see. Notre Dame gets away with this independent schedule, but we'll see when they start to play some of these teams with better offensive and defensive lines, if they're going to get into some trouble. Um, Other than that, Notre Dame looks pretty good. Like they could be a team this year. They could be dangerous.
0: Yeah. They have a really good offensive line. Their running back is really good. We all know who Sam Hartman is,
1: but
0: -hmm. definitely we'll see what type of team they are when they play Ohio State and USC. Yeah,
1: and uh, Utah and Baylor, uh, they played this weekend as well. Utah snuck away with a victory, twenty to thirteen. Another game where Utah kinda like they kind of beat Florida handily last week, but the the score was still kind of close. And then this week they they flat out struggled. So. Uh Utah is definitely a uh, a team to keep an eye on as the season progresses to see how uh they do because they looked they definitely look vulnerable in this game. And Baylor is not that good of a team, as we can see.
0: Definitely. This is just an, another example of when you're clunkers, you know, because once yeah. they get Cam Rising back,
1: I think this team is gonna be pretty dangerous. dangerous. I'm not even gonna lie. That's <laughs> fair. Um Appalachian State and North Carolina. Uh, they played, and we talked about it a little bit last week, how this could be a little bit of a trap game for North Carolina. And sure enough, <laughs> App State, they were in it until the end. I mean, App State every year, they're going to play these FBS teams hard. Um, they're a very, very good program. And North Carolina snuck away with a victory. I didn't fully get a chance to check this game out yet. I'm definitely going to get into the highlights in the extended or condensed game uh, once I get a chance. But I did just want to gloss over that score because I did notice that. I thought that was pretty interesting. I don't know if you got a chance to check this game out at all.
0: Um, I saw a little bit, I think it was going on when Oregon was playing. So I couldn't really, I couldn't really, really watch, but yeah, I was definitely paying attention to what was happening
1: for sure. Uh, Oklahoma, they handled SMU 28 to 11 pretty easily. And, uh, Ole Miss and Tulane, they played in a battle of top 25 opponents. And it was close. I was able to watch this game pretty much fully. Um, it was close, uh, at first in the first half, even early in the third quarter, um, but then in the fourth quarter, Ole Miss kind of stepped on their neck, got the momentum, and it kind of felt like Tulane uh, let things kind of snowball out of control. Um, but Tulane, they still kind of impressed me, man. They were playing really well early in the game. The defense was flying around. The offense was matching uh, touchdowns and, and points with Lane Kiffin and those boys. So uh, Ole Miss, they were able to still come out and win by 17, but um, they got to lock in. But uh, let's get into these highlighted games and really talk about some of these teams because we had some bangers this weekend. Some, And let's start off, I guess, with Texas taking on Alabama. They were on yeah, the road. That was a big one. Yeah, they were on the road in Tuscaloosa, a rematch of last year's game. And um, <clears throat> I'm not going to say they dominated because they didn't, Uh, but Texas really, really impressed me. Uh, one win uh, that don't, I'm not going to say Texas is back yet. Right. Because this is what Texas does. They get that big win and I would say, Oh, Texas is back. Texas is back. And then down the line, they're going to fold. So I'm not going to say Texas is back yet, but this know, was man. one of the first, this is one of the first real wins that I watched. and I'm like, Whoa, like Texas is dangerous. Like this could be a playoff team for sure. Um, go ahead. You can get into it. I, this, this was very, very impressive, especially, Texas's defense and I want to talk a little about Jalen Miller on Alabama but uh, I'll let you get your piece off first
0: I think it's pretty safe to say man I mean I'm not going to really say it myself but for Texas fans I'm not going to be mad at you if, you if you run around saying Texas is back you beat Alabama and they beat them pretty handily Like like you said I don't think they dominated but they were in control most of the game they yeah, had opportunities like to put it away early but they didn't but I know Matthew McConaughey is somewhere real happy right now. You know, you know he's, he's crazy about the, the he was Texas at the game. sports. He was at the game. Yeah, yeah, I saw him out there. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think we're finally seeing Texas's talent and coaching come together because we've heard about them for a long time now. Oh, they're so talented. Oh, they're this, older they're that. Steve Sarkeesian, offensive mind, blah, blah, blah. But now they really started to show it. I think Alabama has a pretty good defense. They're pretty good up front, but we're we're kind of seeing what's happening to Alabama since they don't really have any game breakers on the outside. And and I'll get into to Milrow and and all that. But Texas looked really good. Um, Xavier Worthy still got a little dropsy problem. I ain't gonna lie. He <laughs> should have had
1: that Teddy early, but he made yeah, up for yeah. it. He made up for no, it. No,
0: he definitely made some plays. Him and uh-huh. AD Mitchell went off.
1: Amazing, on, yeah. And you know, the tight end so, too. Texas tight end was really yep, good. Sanders. Yep.
0: Yep, everybody in the passing game did really well. They didn't run the ball that great, but, no. but they did enough to, enough to win the game. So, I'm really – honestly, I was pretty impressed by Texas. The moment wasn't too big for them. Uh, Quinn Ewers did well.
1: I was going to say, let's talk a little bit about Quinn Ewers because <laughs> he, was, he was amazing. I mean, no interceptions, no turnovers, 349 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, he was passing the ball to everybody. He was able to – uh, stay composed because Bama they they battled back. At one point, they took the lead in the third quarter, and Texas had to answer. Uh, they were they were in the lead early in the second quarter as well, and Texas had to answer. And every single time, right? I felt like Quinn was able to drive his team down the field.
0: Yep, yep.
1: So, so I asking, think that was good.
0: Oh, no, okay, go ahead. so that was that was really encouraging from mm-hmm. for me, to, you know, because I've been hard on Texas and rightfully yeah. so, but. I think that was really encouraging. I think as long as this team stays healthy, they should run away with the Big 12. I don't really see anybody having their amount of talent or anything like that. But, you know, of course, there's those games that might make you nervous. But again, if they play well, they should pretty much beat everybody.
1: Um, I am about to pull up their schedule really quick because I do like that take. I do think they'll be the most talented team uh, but they do have a kind of a tough schedule. I mean, they still got to play Kansas, who's a good program.
0: Yeah, don't sleep Oklahoma,
1: on Kansas, Texas. I, I mean, not Texas, Houston, but <laughs> go say good. Say, yeah. say, say,
0: say. Well, yeah, they play. They play Oklahoma and Kansas State are really <laughs> the games that that I'm that I'm looking at. You can't sleep on Texas Tech, who we'll get into in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, Houston, and I watch, TCU. I, oh, definitely. And and I did Iowa watch State. that. I watched that Kansas game on Friday. Uh, Jalen Games is, is a good player. They're all yeah, good. look really good. I mean, I know it was against Illinois, but, but still, this is, this is a team where if you let them hang around, I think they will beat you. So keep an eye on that. But for sure, I think the the two games that Texas really has to worry about is, of course, Oklahoma and then Kansas State.
1: So I think, I think if they beat them, they should be fine.
0: Hopefully, they don't have any stinkers against, you know, like a TCU or Houston. Or, that's what
1: I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I think a TCU <laughs> team is like, they're, they're uh, as as bad as they have been. They're still, I feel like, not bad. Sonny Dykes is still a good coach. They still have a pretty talented team, um, and I feel like that as a game that is sneaky tough. And they got to go. Well, they and, did beat me on the road, one to six.
0: So I mean, they yeah. played a cupcake, but they blew them out. I'm, yeah, I mean, we're we'll talking
1: about Colorado too. So Colorado yeah, yeah. is looking good.
0: The Colorado game was a, was a. It, I think it just caught them off guard, really, and yeah, I think definitely. they didn't manage the game well. I really, I think TCU should have won. But I, I I think TCU. Well, yeah,
1: they could have played better, but I don't know if they should have won.
0: I think they should have won because they completely <laughs> they completely mismanaged the offense. They didn't run the ball at all, even though that was what was what they were successful at. And you know, of course, their defense was just terrible. But you know, I'm they couldn't stop a nosebleed though. Yeah. So, but you know, that's in the past. I still think I think TCU should at least go bowling, but. You know, I don't know. I feel like the expectations for them are just kind of just all messed up now. But but back to Texas, really strong win. And Alabama, man, I don't really know what to think. I'm not one of those people that's going to sit up here and say that Alabama's dead or anything like that. They just they have too much talent up front. But on the outside, who who are these people? playing wide receiver. Milro is not really doing anything at all. He threw a bad interception in the beginning of the game. Like, just do it right to a guy. I don't really understand what, they, what they're seeing. I don't know why they didn't go get one of the, the hot names in the transfer portal. Like, you took Tyler Buckner from Michigan State. What did you see out of Michigan State in 2022 that says, oh, I want their quarterback? You mean to tell me you couldn't get Devin Leary? You couldn't get Sam Hartman? You couldn't get anybody that's sort of dynamic?
1: So I think they put all their eggs in the Drake May basket, and then when that wound up falling through, they didn't really have a plan B because they were, they're were they Alabama. So, of course, they're going to get Drake May. And then he decided at, towards the end, like, uh, I don't know, nah. man.
0: That, was, that, must, that seemed like a really big blunder, blunder on their part because – if anybody would stay at their school is Drake May just knowing his family history he's like a mm-hmm. third generation North Carolina student and
1: his brothers a, yeah, brother yeah he has a brother yeah he has
0: a brother that plays basketball, basketball for them mm-hmm. so I don't really understand why you would just automatically think he would come to your school because like I said if there's anybody that would stay at their school it's him so I, I really think they should have got somebody I think Austin Reed hit the transfer portal
1: um yeah, Grayson he went back here really, really soon though.
0: Yeah. yeah, so, but I'm I'm just like, how couldn't you get one of those guys? I feel like with Austin Reed, they would have been better than. Yeah, he's good. Austin Jalen
1: Milrow. All right, so here's here's my thing about Jalen Milrow, right, and and the whole quarterback room in Alabama. I I truly, honestly believe, like in practice, like what they see is that with Jalen Milrow, they are probably the most explosive, right? Like they have the b- most chance to score the most points when he's at quarterback. Oh, he's he probably might not definitely be better best. than Buckner. He might not be the best quarterback. Like the other quarterbacks might be like better, and I'm using air quotes right now. Audio only. I um, mean, like better passers. Better, yeah, better passers. I guess. Probably not though. Not that much. I
0: don't really know. So I don't, like, I don't think Buckingham it's kind of hard really to blame Jalen
1: Melrose. Like you're right. He threw two horrible interceptions. Um, but he's inexperienced. He's young. That's gonna happen to guys that don't yeah. have a lot of starts. Like, well, and I don't I think, think they didn't Bama give well up either. on him. Yeah.
0: No, I don't think they should give up on him, but I think if in in December when that portal hits and and there's going to be a name, I think they should try to get somebody. I will say that. But
1: that's fair. I well, think they're bringing that, in Julian Sayan in the and the number one quarterback in the country, something like that. Okay. Uh so, two you know, quarterback in the country. I
0: don't. I don't really. I I think they should have ran him more because he obviously isn't the greatest passer, but he's athletic and he can run. So I think they should do more design runs. Um. You know, just kind of, kind of take the heat off everybody else because you know if he's not going to run, mm-hmm. you're not going to put any resources to defending that. So you can just lock up these wide receivers who aren't beating anybody in coverage.
1: That's what I was going to say next. So, I feel I, I don't inter- interrupt you, no, but ahead, I feel like they have they have talent at wide receiver for sure. I think Isaiah Bonds really good in specific. Um, uh, Burton, he's 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 decent. Uh, but they oh, were running the ball really. Me. They were running the ball really well, right? So that makes me think, like, what if they used a different quarterback that was a better passer but just ran the ball more? Like, or Maybe. just – You know but what I, I mean? But I'll
0: tell you this. But I'll ask you this. Do any of these wide receivers start on any other top team? Do they
1: start on Texas? Yeah, I, I think Isaiah Bond does. Burton does. I don't one. know. I think Isaiah Bond is one of the, the best wide or receivers in the Worthy and A.D.
0: Mitchell are nice. That, they're to amazing. me, they're, they're better than Ben So. They not starting I, then. They're not better than Worthy or Mitchell.
1: I mean, he's not none, he's none not of, better, but I'm not gonna say he's worse. So he's not starting though.
0: He's not starting for Texas though. If he's not better than if you're not better than the guys they got, you're not
1: starting. All right, Texas has two of the best wide receivers in the country.
0: But that's but what I'm He's
1: not starting at Texas, but he's starting at ninety eight percent of the other schools in the country. He's 99%. Not starting.
0: No, he's not starting that freaking Florida State. Oh no, I think you're. Un- I think you're underrating Isaiah
1: Bond a little bit. No, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I'm overrating him.
0: I haven't seen nobody I, from Alabama do
1: anything that's good a game year, breaker. Though. He was really good last year, and he was not really. Been, he made Alabama's, some plays. Alabama's
0: Alabama's receiving core was the weakest part of that team. Let's be honest. That was the weakest part of the offense. So uh, I don't know. Uh, you don't think uh, so? First of all, they had Bryce Young. They had Jameer Gibbs at running back. So already you want to say they was weaker yeah, than they line? Offensive
1: line was probably good too. Yeah, so yeah. that's fair.
0: <laughs> but I'm telling you, their wide receivers ain't moving nobody. Nobody is like is is lined up that's that's like scared of, of guarding anybody on Alabama. And and Jay and Milrow not helping, but when they have Bryce Young, they could mask a lot of those problems. But you're start we're starting to see them without having a game. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking they at don't the roster. Have, they're not outside Devontae Smith. They're not J. Mo. They're not any any of these recent wide receivers that they've had, though.
1: So, yeah, I'm looking at names outside of Bond and Burton. I don't know any. I don't know anybody. Ja'Cory Brooks, Malik Benson, Cole Adams, M. J. Turwin. I
0: know their names just because I watch. I
1: don't know these guys.
0: Watch the foot, the game. Jalen
1: Hale, Yeah.
0: They not none of these people are yeah. really moving
1: me. That's that's. I mean, that's fair. Alabama is not in a good spot. I was. I want to ask you about their secondary too. I thought their secondary played horrible. I mean, they were getting freaking toasted. Yeah. Obviously, Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell are elite, and Quinn Ewers is yeah. a good quarterback, so they're going to get their game off. But they were doing whatever they wanted. It felt like.
0: Yeah, I think and I heard I think, a lot
1: about Kool Aid.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they say Kool Aid is is you know top DB and all this and that, but I also think that. They suffer a little bit from, from not playing complimentary football. Like, you need you need help from your offense when you're playing a team like Texas that's just so talented on the outside. So they're going to score. Honestly, it's kind of – I feel like they're lucky they didn't put 40 on them because, you need, like you said, you know, you got Eddie Mitchell, you got Xavier Worthy, you got Quinny Wears who's balling. They're going to score. So that's just a given. So you need your offense to kind of hold the ball – don't turn it over and, and put up points. Like, 24 points is just not going to beat anybody. Like, who who do you expect to be putting up 24 points? That's a top team.
1: Georgia.
0: I, I think Georgia even gives you 30. I feel like Georgia giving you 30 against any team. I mean, we haven't seen – Georgia's not scoring scene.
1: 30 against Florida this year. I'm about to close my damn computer. <laughs> I'm dead. I had serious. I'm about to bro.
0: close my computer. <laughs> I'm gonna close my computer right now. Yeah,
1: you- Yo, we're gonna come back to this episode after the Florida Georgia game, and after we lose by 14, they're not. So you think 30. the
0: score is gonna be? <laughs> you think the score <laughs> is gonna be like 25 to seven? <laughs> yeah,
1: something like that, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yo, Utah damn near put up 30 on you. Come on, man.
1: 24 points is not damn near 30, bro. Oh,
0: but we're back up. Yes, it is. If they score one more touchdown, that's 30. But they put up. <laughs> Like if they had that bad they back up quarterback.
1: Come on, man. Yo, real quick, Alabama had zero sacks last night. Yeah, uh, Texas had five. So
0: Look at Texas, I think that's a they got guys yeah. up front too. That's one thing. That's another thing. We're finally seeing them with guys up front. I feel like they've always had at least one kind of elite receiver or a skilled player. But they, but once you get the guys up front too, I think I think that we're finally seeing this team being able to because they were able to block Alabama in the passing game, even though they didn't run the ball that well. But they they kept they kept yours clean, their D lines getting sacks, and and Millrose a mobile quarterback. He's not a statue, so that's good to see from Texas. And I think it I really think Alabama's is. got a, got some soul searching to do, man. They they really got to evaluate where they are, and like I said, I don't think Alabama's dead because this could just be over if they if they get a dynamic quarterback next year,
1: so. Yeah, I mean, it, Bama's Bama, as long as Nick Saban's at the helm. Yeah.
0: I'm like, I don't know even wide receiver, I'm like, why didn't they get Zachary Franklin in the portal? They let him get to Ole Miss? What is going on right now? They didn't get the guy, uh, Keon Coleman? They couldn't get him? Like, you told me these yeah. guys don't want to play for Alabama now or something? I
1: think Keon Coleman's from Florida. He wants to go back to Florida. Okay. So he's between one of the Florida schools. As okay. for Zakari is, is Franklin, where he's from UTSA. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't know his history. I don't know if Bama's
1: – I guess he was the number one player in the portal, but he might not have even been on Bama's radar, to be honest. I guess he should have been, huh? Well, yeah, he should have been. All right. Let's keep it moving up. Bama falls to one-on-one. Texas stays 2 and no We'll see if Bama can bounce back. Because at the end of the day, that is an out-of-conference game. So technically, it doesn't really affect Bama's chances at winning the SEC West.
0: They still um, might.
1: Unless, yeah. They still might. But uh, they still, I guess, their ultimate goal of the SEC Championship is still alive. Uh but let's move over and talk about another team that is shocking the college football world, got everybody excited, people that don't even watch college football are watching college football. And I'm going to keep on going on my victory lap tour because I knew, right? We coming. We ain't hard to find. No. We ain't brother. hard to find, bro. <laughs> Colorado taking on Nebraska. Uh, this is a little bit of a funky game, though. This is weird. Things could have definitely got weirder in this game for Colorado. Yeah. Um, started off really, really slow for the first three quarters, not much scoring, and then Colorado kind uh, of exploded. Actually, right before halftime, the first two quarters is right really when they started getting the scoring going. But uh, just talk to me about this game. Uh, let's focus on Nebraska and then we'll – I mean, uh, Colorado, and then we'll talk a little bit about Nebraska afterwards. But just Colorado continues to impress, man. This is a game they, they were do. supposed to win, and, and they won it. Like, definitely it gets hard it's different when you're the underdog and then when when you're the team that has a target on their back i don't so. know
0: that they're really the underdog in this game
1: honestly they I weren't mean, maybe they maybe were just because the of underdog. the
0: history of colorado and nebraska but i think after that tcu game they're not really underdogs
1: yeah i was saying more like i was saying they were they were underdogs for the tcu game so it's yeah. kind of easier to surprise tcu but now they're not the underdog anymore now they teams might are have trying actually to...
0: been underdogs in the like in vegas odds or whatever but
1: really in uh, this game
0: I think Nebraska might have been favored by three or two and a half, but I don't, I don't remember. I don't really yeah. pay attention to Vegas odds or anything like that. Cause I don't gamble. So yeah, <laughs> you know, it is what it is, but Colorado, they pretty much were Look. the same team as week one. They throw the ball really well. Shadur Sanders yep. had an amazing game again, no interceptions. He's just such a smart football player. Like, like when you when you watch quarterbacks, he is what I like to see from a quarterback. He takes what a defense gives. He's mobile. He can run if needed. He can throw. I remember people were saying he has a weak arm. I don't, I don't really know. see that. No nope, he, nope, he nope. throws a good deep ball and even if his arm was weak, he times I, the deep ball nice so he's not under throwing guys. I don't I don't see that at all. So you think
1: it's more of like a, a power thing? Like uh Not the deep ball, but more like can he zip it in when they say his arm is weak? Maybe, but I don't think he has enough zip on his passes.
0: I don't, but when I see him throw the ball, I don't, I don't think that he has any problem getting it to where it needs to be. So, and you know what, the strong arm thing is a little bit overrated. Like they always said, Drew Brees had a weak arm, but he's one of the best quarterbacks ever played. So yeah, whatever.
1: You know, as long as if, if
0: you're hitting your wide receivers, then I don't, I don't have a problem. But again, Shadur amazing um they didn't run the ball well again i think this is just a team that we're gonna see you know for this season um uh dylan edwards had nine carries 55 yards still a good average so he yeah. averaged over six yards a carry but
1: basically um you know He's they more carries more than nine touches
0: right right averaged so, six a carry. so as a team they only rushed for 58 yards so you know that's you obviously because I mean a lot of that. See, I kind of when they when they do these numbers, see, it's like, oh, how do you rush for fifty yard
1: fifty five, but team only rush for fifty eight? Because a lot of that sacks. is sacks. Yeah, so they they factor in sacks. But I mean the, the O-line line the trenches are kind of struggling still. You can that's kind of been the theme of Colorado. Like if they run into a team with really good offensive Definitely. line, defensive line play, they might get bullied. They got it the wasn't skill as bad
0: as I thought it would be though because no, they're, they're able no. to pass
1: block. It's just the run block. blocking. Yeah. Their the run blocking is pretty bad. Like
0: their their line is actually better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be horrible. Like I thought people were just going to be able to, to get whatever they <laughs> wanted them. Yeah.
1: Nah. They have a good line coach. Whoever he is. Yeah. Shout out to him. Like
0: maybe when they play a good team, like you know if they, they play. Exposed. Yeah, maybe, but um, you know uh, the, these teams that they play so far have not been strong up front either. So so they've been able to block them and uh Travis Hunter. Did he have kind of a quiet game? Um maybe he didn't play as many snaps. He had 3 catches for 73 yards, uh no touchdowns. Um but Xavier Weaver, that man had 10 catches for 170 yards and a touchdown. That guy went off.
1: He's from USF. Uh yep. He's yep. a beast.
0: Yep. Yeah, that guy that guy is good and and he showed it against Nebraska. Nebraska has a pretty good defense too. So I think I still think this was a, a really good game from Colorado. They made some mistakes. They got some things to clean up. Um this game wasn't really as wild as as the TCU game, you know, just kind of back and forth thing going on, shootout. But I but I think Colorado played well. They had some penalties that I think they need to clean up. They didn't really have any in in the first game. They had some more of this game, so keep the penalties down. And right. I would like to see them run the ball better. That's that's pretty much it. Um, you know, Shadur, listen, 31 for 42, 393 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He had a rushing touchdown at the end. So just great performance from him. And Nebraska. Oh my lord. <laughs> they are bad.
1: Yeah, Jeff Sims is not
0: good. That man is a turnover machine, man. Um, He's a running back. (laughs) Man, look, (laughs) I don't know if he'd even be a running back because he'd be fumbling too much. So their offense is just just dead in the water. I talked a lot about Alabama's wide receivers, these wide receivers. Oh, my God. Just terrible. It's a shame because their defense is actually good. But when your offense is not doing anything, they're just three and out, turning the ball over, Barely get any points. You're screwing over your defense. Eventually, they're gonna get worn down, and that's what happened. So Colorado started scoring more yeah. at the end of the game. This this Nebraska team is just bad, <laughs> and it's it's, it's going to take time, I guess. You know yeah, this team flip around. Yeah, I don't I don't think this team is gonna go bowling as long as they play like that. Because if you can't put up points against Colorado, we just saw TCU You put up forty week one. You couldn't even put up twenty. That was just pathetic by by Nebraska. And you know it's even funnier because of uh, Matt Rule's comments about uh, Deion Sanders and, and how he how he approached flipping a roster in the portal. But I think we're seeing the effects. Deion upgraded the roster more than Nebraska. And it showed on the field. It is what it is. You don't have to like how he did it. But let's be honest that team went 1 11 last year. And do I like how he basically kicked a bunch of people out and brought in 70 new people? No. But if I was in his position, would I have done it? Probably. Because this time, <laughs> right. to, look, you here to win football games. This is people's livelihoods. This is your job. Like, this is your legacy there's a lot on the line here. Like you can't be playing around, you know, saying, Oh, is this going to be a, a, a three year, four year turnaround and we're rebuilding and all this and that like that cracks me up. Cause I've been, a, I've been a football fan my whole life, college and NFL. And and it always killed me when, when I hear fans say, Oh, we in a rebuild and this and that. Cause the Cowboys have honestly never been in a rebuild before. We've not really had any losing seasons. And if it was, if we did have a losing season, it was because of injuries. It wasn't because our roster was just bad. So for all you people out there talking about, oh, we in a rebuild, stop making all these excuses, man. Get better at roster management. So I think I think Dion is putting a lot of that to bed. So, you know, for a lot of y'all coaches out there that's in year one, year two, and, and y'all not seeing no improvement, I'm not saying you gotta go from a one win team to a ten win team, but if you're just not seeing any kind of improvement, I don't know man. I just think I just think Dion is kind of changing the game right now, and one thing I can say is that it's fun to watch as a fan because he brought in some players and they're exciting. Did you see that stadium? It was packed packed from Colorado man listen that that team is gonna be dangerous. Maybe not this year, but next year, the year after, you know they're going to be a hot portal destination. I mean, they already were, but for big names. Let's be honest. If you're a young dude and Deion Sanders says he wants you to play for him, you saying no? I mean.
1: I ain't hard to find.
0: Come on, man. So I just think it's interesting to look at the contrast between how Nebraska and Colorado handled the offseason, and and look what right, happened on the point. field. Because, you know, it, it's easy for me to sit up there and say, oh, you couldn't find a better quarterback than Jeff Sims, and probably no, because of how bad Nebraska was, and it's year one of Matt Rule, so you don't really trust him yet, you know, even though he did turn around Temple and Baylor, it is year one, so a, a great quarterback isn't going to want to go there and be part of a rebuild. They want to go to a team that can win now, but Dion is a little bit of a different animal. You know, he is, because he just has so much charisma, you know, you see the way he talks, like, look, I'm ready to suit up when I hear that man talk, just saying, so, yeah. you know, he, so, it's just, it's just different. You can't really compare him to anybody else, but. You know, it is what it is, and this is also just goes to show you how all the other schools were scared to put a trigger on them, and Colorado did, and, and now look at them. They already are having huge improvement over last year, and there's a lot of teams that are in year one of new coaches, and they in dog fights with teams, they probably shouldn't be in, they're losing games, so we'll see, but I think the expectation for Colorado has completely changed. I was picking them to go 2-10, and 3-9, and, and all this other stuff. Now it's looking like they should go bowling. So, you know. I like it. Their schedule is, is pretty <laughs> tough, but I think they should be a fringe bowl team. I don't think they win eight games, but if they get to six, I feel like that would be insane, man. That would just be crazy. And you know that bowl game is going to be the most watched bowl game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so for sure i mean i already think they're kind of playing with some house money they already kind of blew a lot of people's expectations oh, away definitely a lot of people were looking at their schedule and not even seeing two wins and here they are two and oh so definitely a uh, shout out to them for sure uh
0: and also getting <coughs> to see the other teams that that they play against that you that i thought maybe they should beat or maybe they would lose to like in arizona state colorado better beat arizona state seriously so, you know, Stanford uh, it should be. Man, Arizona State first of all was in a
1: dogfight. Did they win
0: Did they win yesterday? No, they lost to Oklahoma State who is horrible right now.
1: Oh no.
0: And they, they lost. lost. They,
1: yeah, they barely beat Southern Utah. They won by 3. I'm just Yeah, I saw that. I mean, I watched the first half of the uh, Arizona State game yesterday. Yeah,
0: like like I'm not seeing anything from Arizona State that says that they're a team to to be afraid of. You know, obviously from yeah. Oregon standpoint. But for Colorado, I think Colorado should beat them. They just have they just have so many good skill players that I don't think Arizona State has. And we know that they don't have anything up front. So I think Colorado should, should beat them pretty good. And Stanford, I'm looking at Stanford. And we know Stanford isn't that bad like last year, but they're still pretty bad. And I think that the two interesting games on their schedule – are Wazoo and Arizona, and we're going to talk about Wazoo in a little bit, but that Arizona game, that Wazoo game are going to be something serious. and They're late in the year, and I think that's pretty much what Colorado's bowl chances
1: are resting on. Can they beat one or both of those teams? I think that's definitely um, a good take, but you're not interested in the uh, Oregon game? <laughs> that, that, that doesn't interest you at all? It interests me because we're gonna whoop they behind. I think they're gonna
0: get, a, I think they're gonna get a rude awakening. First of all, welcome to the Pac-12, and second of all, welcome to Big Boy Yo. Ball.
1: It's funny, real quick. Um, shout out to Shiloh Sanders. He played pretty well yesterday. He was flying around everywhere, uh, from what I saw. Uh, Travis Hunter, not as big of a day as he had uh, week one, but still, I mean, three catches, seventy-three yards twenty five yeah, yards. he probably catch, just didn't basically. play the crazy amount of snaps. I mean he still had a pass defend, uh pass defended, four tackles, so it just wasn't yeah. really tested that much on defense. Yeah, yeah. Nebraska wasn't good.
0: throwing the ball uh, you, at
1: anybody. No, but you can see Colorado can still score points on offense without relying on Travis Hunter. So that allows Travis Hunter to play less snaps on offense and more snaps on defense. I mean yeah, Xavier
0: that was, that Weaver was nice. you mentioned
1: ten catches, 170 yards. Jimmy Horn Jr. eight catches, sixty four yards. They had another receiver with three catches, another receiver with two catches. Dylan Edwards had three catches. So um, that definitely would be a, a a bonus where they only have to use Travis Hunter when they kind of need him on offense rather than relying on him on a play to play basis.
0: Nine people caught a pass in that game from Colorado.
1: Yeah. That shout out to Shador for real. It's a good quarterback. Yeah, that
0: guy's balling, man.
1: All right, let's keep him moving through these games uh next game let's talk about that texas a&m versus miami game shootout that's what i'd call this one where miami actually comes out on top surprising me man i mean uh it kind of
0: doesn't surprise me well what surprised you that they won or that they or how the game went
1: how they won yeah i'm not me that too. shocked that they won me i too. thought that they could definitely beat a&m just Based off the conversations we've had about AM. I mean, we know about AM and how much they've struggled and they're pretty much frauds, right? But yeah. um to see Miami score almost fifty points, I mean t- TVD had five touchdowns, no interceptions. We actually talked about Jacoby George and Kobe Young. Um I think I don't know if it was here on the podcast or when we were in but um I knew those two these two wide receivers that they had were legit. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby George, three touchdowns, uh five catches, ninety four yards, but I mean, they really took off. And I feel like A&M's defense is the one thing that usually isn't fraudulent. Like, yeah, they might lose four games, but they're going to lose four games 17 to 9 because their offense doesn't do anything. This game, they couldn't stop Miami. Um, and not saying that my, obviously Miami played really well, especially throwing the ball. They didn't run, run the ball that well, but, uh, impressive game, man. Miami's defense still, um, felt like could have played better but it made plays it, it it created takeaways um they were flying around the field so impressive man mario might be cooking 2-0 for miami AM. and m uh is there any i mean we've said everything there is to talk to say about these guys it's just a matter of when not if jimbo is gonna get gone I, I just don't see them coming back from this i mean the ACC literally – this is an out-of-conference game, right? So I guess they could still win the SEC. That's the only way. They're not winning the SEC. But, <laughs> exactly. They're so. not even
0: making the championship game.
1: Yeah, it's just – it's
0: not looking good.
1: It's not looking
0: good. I mean, in short, for a and I can see that they're talented, but they just have too many mistakes. Like, they have wide receivers dropping passes. I just – I don't understand – What's going on at a m because we we hear about the talent and I can see the talent like they got guys that can run you know they look fast The quarterback don't look that bad but I don't know what it is with with Jimbo um he did all that talk with an off season about how he's well he was being real cryptic about letting uh, Bobby Petrino call the plays and stuff like that so I don't know if he's letting them call the plays or not. He probably isn't knowing Jimbo, and we're just seeing the effect of that. And they just don't really look well coached. Like I said, a lot of dumb mistakes. I just I don't really know what to think about this AM team. This is a huge win for Miami. I think this was a big statement. Huge. But
1: Ooh. I think
0: I think this could be wait, a win. Wait,
1: wait. What? I I I don't want to I said huge. I don't want to echo that. I don't think it was a huge win. I think I think it we was. should let Miami enjoy this win. And I think uh, if Miami was truly in the gutter, they would have lost this game, right? So they're not in the gutter, yeah. right? But A and M is this is this is not that impressive in the grand scheme of things. Like I said, the way they won was definitely commendable. So I applaud Miami, and I'm impressed, and I'm going to let them enjoy this win. But I, I, I would not be shocked if they still finish with three or four losses. Like, I don't think this is the turning point. If no. they start to be Florida State or Clemson, all right, then we can start talking. But until then – I think they should be Clemson, I, though. If they play like that, they should at least yeah, beat Clemson. That's fair.
0: But I don't, yeah. I don't think – I think this was kind of like we got a good look at Miami. They played a, a talented team, and they beat them pretty good. I and mean, they beat them by two scores. So, you know, but, I mean, of course there's things like – they had ten penalties for 115 yards. You obviously got to clean that up. They actually had uh, more penalties than A&M, so that's just something you always try to keep down. But for a and I don't really know what to think about them. Like this could be this could be one of those wins where it's like, yeah, like yeah, I'm saying it's a statement now, but A&M could end up going three and nine, and and we're just like, oh, well, that win wasn't really that crazy, you know, at the end of the year, but. I think for now this could this this is a this is a really good win. A um, and I mean, we know just because of their talent level, we know they have the ability to be a good team. But I don't know, Jimbo might be cooked, man. It might be over. We're a long way from the BCS days, so it, it really might be over for Jimbo.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it just has not looked good. It has just not come together. Outside of that one year, they won ten and two, I think, two years ago, three years ago, yeah. twenty nineteen, I think it was maybe. Yeah. Outside of that, it's just been disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. I mean, keep Jimbo forever, and M as a as a Gator fan, I could care less. <laughs>
0: yeah, I you, don't care. Y'all either. can
1: rot. Yeah, y'all can rot. But I know that A and M fans are really going through it, and as a football fan myself, you know, it just sucks to see any fan mm-hmm. struggle. With like, and it's like, and it seems like they're kind of in an endless eternity yeah, pit of hell, of, right? Because terrible.
0: Because I remember last year, I think it was either it was either this past off season or the last off where people were uh, posting that graphic with Jimbo's record and someone's record, and it was basically the same. And it's like you're the same yeah. guy. Like you're still you're going seven and five and eight and four every year, but we hear about all these recruits and all this and that. Like. Like, bro, you couldn't win a freaking Natty with a Heisman-winning quarterback? Oh, my God. I mean, of course, we know the the story behind Johnny now. But, you know, A&M is just – I feel like that team, that program is just, like you said, a state in a state of hell. They just can't get over the hump, you know. And I think think as long as Alabama and and LSU – have sustained success, I don't think A&M is, is, either, is even going to be there. So, But, yeah, but Miami Miami impressed me on offense. So, you know, they put up 48 points, which from coming from Crystal Ball against a real team, like, oh, this wasn't the FCS team. This was a Power 5 team and the SEC team. I think that was amazing. Tyler Van Dyke went 21 for 30, 374 yards, five touchdowns. First of all, congratulations to him for that great performance. People were already kind of ready yeah, to write it like off. That was like the OTVD, Right, right. Yeah. And, and you know, you all know how, how I've talked about Cristobal and how he handles quarterbacks and how he handles offense. So, to me, this says maybe Cristobal is just letting his OC coach and call the plays and things like that because we know that Cristobal is going to have a good old line, and Miami showed that. But whenever it came to just a play calling and just throwing the ball downfield and things like that, it seemed like he always handicapped the offense. So, obviously, the offense wasn't handicapped. They did have a kick return for a touchdown, which is always nice to see. So, you know, they put up 40 points. Um, They didn't run the ball that well. It seems like every team is throwing the ball but not really running the ball that well. Even Oregon didn't run the ball that well last night, but... You know, 374 yards. This is like the opposite of how you expect a crystal ball team to play, too. Because when he was with Oregon, we would never really out-throw teams. We always ran the ball well. Even against Ohio State, we won that game because of running the ball. So, to see a quarterback have a crazy performance like that, I think that would, that should be really encouraging to Miami fans. Um, Xavier Restripo had six catches, 126 yards. Jacoby George, five catches, 94 yards, three touchdowns. Colby Young, six catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. So we're seeing multiple people get a lot of touches. This is not something that we've seen from Crystal Ball before. Because like I said, it seemed like he always handicapped the offense in the passing game. And like when he was at Oregon, wide receivers and, and the quarterback never seemed to be getting a lot of opportunity. Even old man Cam McCormick caught a pass for 20 yards. And he's, he's more known as a blocking tight end, but definitely wishing him all the success. And, and, um, you know, like I said, just a, just an impressive performance from Miami offensively. And before it was looking like that Clemson Florida state game was going to be the big one in ACC. Now it's going to be the Miami Florida state game. So definitely looking forward to that. I think we're going to learn a lot about these two teams in that
1: game. Right, I'd have to agree. And real quick, before we move on, pulled it up here. Um, my source is the Austin American Statesman, which is a uh, Texas newspaper website place thing. And here is a year-by-year breakdown of Jimbo Fisher's buyout at Texas A&M. <laughs> if the Aggies were to fire him this season, so he'd have to he'd get money for the next. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years from 2023 to 2030. 2023, he would make $76.8 million, bro, to get fired. $76.8 million to get fired in one year. In 2024, he'd make $67.5 million. In 2025, he'd make $58.2 million. In 2026, we're finally under $50 million with $48.7 million. 2027 is $39.2 million. 28, uh, 2020, in 2028, he's making $29.5 million. In 2029, he'd be making $19.8 million. And then finally, on the last year of his payment from A&M, they'd owe him $9.95 million, so just about $10 million for 2030. So that is a ridiculous almost two hundred or almost three hundred million dollar he would make for getting fired over eight years, bro like that has to be the best job in college in, in all of history. like what job do you get fired from and get paid three hundred million dollars? Yeah,
0: fire me tomorrow
1: tomorrow, I will literally tank the season. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, these guys love the, love the sport, right? So they really want and like you said, their legacies on the line and, and other things. So obviously that's not a real thing, but it's just like, wow. Wow. But, hey, I have more power to Jimbo, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's move on. And um, you want to save your game for last? Or you want to get Again, into what it? What game were
0: you going to talk about before?
1: wazoo and wisconsin no
0: i about Oregon yeah because i was i was kind of just going in like whatever game was
1: the biggest okay so home. then yeah let's let's get into some oregon talk yeah because
0: that was that um, was another big one that one was a wild one i think a lot of people around the country were watching especially after uh the alabama and texas game was over yeah um man it was wild i'm glad we came away with a win but i definitely thought we would win by more i'm, not, I'm gonna be honest Mm-hmm. that game was just wild man I, I would say if I degrade the team performance I would say it's like a B minus as a team Um, so I'll just start with offense Bo Nix played a really good game he missed maybe like a few throws but he didn't throw any interceptions he didn't really put the ball in harm's way he just kind of threw the ball a little low and, and guys couldn't catch it but he had a pretty good game we didn't run the ball well, like at all. I don't really understand. Oh, next
1: was your leading rusher, by the way.
0: Yeah, like you never forty six yards. You never want your quarterback to be the leading rusher. Uh Bucky Irving only had thirty-eight rushing yards on eleven carries. He averaged three and a half yards a carry. Come on, man. Like, I don't I don't know what was going on, but last year we were able to run the ball well against any team, even Georgia. We blocked Georgia well in the run game. And whenever we ran the ball against everybody else on schedule, it was like we were able to get whatever we wanted pretty much. So I don't know what happened yesterday, um, but I think one of the contributing factors was Will Stein's play calling. He was calling some kind of runs that I didn't really understand. Like, first of all, we will always have success running the ball right up the middle, running at the defense, especially at a team like Texas Tech. You're not really much faster than them. So trying to go sideways and things like that doesn't really – it wasn't really doing anything. He There was multiple times where it was like we need a first down, and he did a toss play to the boundary. Like he would have the trips in the boundary and then do a toss play there. Dude, why are you doing a toss play to the boundary? That doesn't even make any sense. You, the whole point of a toss play, especially against at a short yardage situation, the whole is the whole point is to use your speed and get around the edge. If you don't give your running back any room to run, how is he gonna get around the edge? And by you putting the trips at a boundary. There's, they are they're gonna put a whole bunch of defenders over there as well, cause they have to defend it and get you throw. So, it's just a whole area that's just, a, it's just a tiny area that's clogged with guys. And I don't really understand the philosophy behind that. That's something that I would like to ask coaches about. Like, what, what is the point of doing a toss to the boundary? I understand doing it sometimes, like maybe one out of ten times, just some to make the defense respect it, but. They did that multiple times in the game where I was just like, why is he doing that to the boundary? You're better off just doing a straight dive play. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah. I don't really
0: understand yeah. what, what, what he was doing with that. Um, Troy Franklin had a great game, six catches, a hundred yards and a touchdown.
1: Right. He's amazing. Yeah, that
0: guy's a beast. So shout out to him. Bucky Irving actually had more receiving yards than rushing yards. He had 50 receiving yards. Noah Whittington has 60 receiving yards, so both of them had more receiving yards than rushing yards. Um, so, you know, we were good in the passing game, but I feel like running the ball was such a huge part of our our identity last year, and that was just missing. And and the, and the crazy part about it was we didn't run these these toss plays to the boundary against Portland State. And you know, I get it. It's Portland State. Like, yeah, you should be able to score on whatever. But why didn't we just run those plays, you know? Like, it, it was like – it <laughs> yeah. was so weird. It, it was like they changed pretty much everything from last week. Like, I guess it's a different team that's running a different defense. But bread and butter is bread and butter for a reason. So I think we kind of got away from what, what made us successful on offense. And I think I think it really showed. We did still put up 38 points. I mean, we did have a defensive touchdown – but I really I really think we should have put up forty. And um, you know, I'll I'll talk about our defense now. Our defense, I honestly think it was sort of improved. But I don't know.
1: Texas Tech, Texas Tech is a pretty good team. We tackling was bad, I felt like.
0: Yeah, we missed some tackles. The secondary specific. We missed some tackles definitely from the secondary. Our pass rush was improved. Um but we did win the turnover battle. That's that's a uh Yes,
1: y'all had three takeaways.
0: Yeah. Well I think we have four. You do. Four. Well, technically three because one interception was was on the last play of the game. So there was two picks and a fumble, like during the actual game. And um we did sack Tyler Shuck four times. So that was that was cool to see. Mateo Uyunglele, I think he played pretty good. He like he needs to be getting all the reps now. That man, I don't think he got a sack, but he was close. Like he was rushing really well. He was making some tackles in the run game. You know, for a true freshman, I was I was really impressed. So to me, I think he needs to be starting because when when there was some other guys in the game, it seemed like like it, it was it just wasn't working as well. So when him and Burks was in the game, it, it seemed better. So I was I was really I think I was encouraged by the pass rush because. That was something that was completely non-existent last year. You know, guys would just be having all the time in the world to throw the ball against us. So, you know, but I think our linebackers were the weakest part of the team. And and I think a lot of that is because we're still missing this, uh, one of our starters, Justin Jacobs, the transfer from Iowa. So when he gets back, I think it will be better. And secondary, there were some guys getting lost in coverage sometimes. Um, there was some dumb interference plays I thought we took – you know, it always it, it it always kills me when I see a DB get lost in coverage, but then the pass is underthrown and and all they had to do was just turn around, and the ball would have fell in their lap. That happened. I think it was to Tyshon Johnson. It was either him or Kyrie Jackson, where he got lost in coverage and just grabbed a wide receiver to 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 keep him from scoring a touchdown. But the pass literally hit him in the back. I'm just like, dude, there was no, there wasn't even a reason to do that. It wasn't like he was five yards away from you you know and you're just kind of diving at a guy's leg to 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 take him down like you're you're on him just freaking keep your head cool and 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 play defense like you've been taught all these years and you could turn around or just don't grab him and and put your hand in the way like I don't know man and but but you know we did come away with a win we had so many penalties i think we had 14 penalties for 124 yards Complete opposite of week one where we basically didn't have any. And a lot of them were false starts. Oh, my goodness. Nothing kills me more than a freaking all-start penalty. I don't understand how you jump off sides. Bro, you know the count. And if you don't know the count, look at the ball. (laughs) Like, after the third (laughs) false start, I'm looking at the ball, bro. Like, because I'm not jumping – like I'm not moving, you get what I'm saying? Like, like, bro.
1: Yeah, no, no, I, hear I you.
0: don't understand how there's just so many penalties. So that's definitely something you gotta clean up. But it was a wild one. This game was was honestly like the Wazoo game of last year because we were up and then we had opportunities to put it away, but we didn't. Um. Then we were losing towards the end of the game. Like, we were down by nine, I think, going to the fourth quarter. And I think we we scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. So it was that kind of game where we scored a lot. And we had the pick six at the end, just like against Wazoo, that kind of sealed it. So that was wild. My blood pressure was going up. I lost my voice. So, (laughs) you know, that was cool, though. Jeffrey Bossa with the pick six. That was crazy, man. Then again. Yeah, that, that was, was crazy. crazy. And honestly, he should have went down because it was one of those situations where there wasn't really any time left. Yeah. And and we and you didn't want to get the Yeah, chance. exactly. They still had a chance because we were only up by eight. So, you know, at mm. that point they could have still scored a touchdown and got the two and tied it to go to OT. But
1: that would have been really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Imagine. Man, look.
0: But we did get the win in a tough road environment um why did texas tech have more fans in the crowd than miami
1: people don't seem that way right texas tech is deep yeah
0: they filled their stadium up people don't want to go see miami play against a i don't know what's wrong with their fan base they're so loud on social media but they can't even fill up their own stadium for a big game against AM. like i don't know what that's about because we see a lot of teams that are worse and have losing records fill up their stadium every week. But Miami can't fill up their stadium. So I don't know what's wrong, what's wrong with y'all fan base. Y'all need to get it together. But that's pretty much all I got to say about Oregon. Like I said, it's like a B- minus performance. Offense, well, Bo Nix played well. We didn't run the ball. I didn't really agree with a lot of the play calling. Defense had good pass rush. Um, But, you know linebackers are the weakest part and secondary made some mistakes but i really i'm really more confident in this team than than last year's team i think i think we just have better guys so going forward i think if if we get together we should be you know where we want to be in winning the Pac-12 but i will say this you're not beating Washington and you're not being USC playing like that with all them penalties just saying. So, and I know both of them don't really have defense, so we should be able to score with them. But if you're if you're just giving yards with penalties, you're not being any of these these good teams. So that's something you gotta you gotta clean up. That's the main takeaway for me is them damn penalties. I can't stand
1: a freaking penalty. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Then let's switch gears to the final game that we'll kind of be highlighting today, and not- that's. Washington State versus Wisconsin, and man, did this this must have felt good for Washington State being up on a a Big Ten opponent after the Big Ten is one of the reasons their conference got pretty much imploded. Definitely, everybody's talking all this shit about Washington State and how they don't belong or this and that, and here they go. Shocking the world and getting a big win over a top 20 opponent um, in Wisconsin. Obviously, we know what was going on with with Wisconsin and Luke Fickle being in his first year and it kind of being a transition year there. But we saw Wisconsin play pretty well last week. Uh, We thought that they had a formula on how they should win games, just like how the old Wisconsin used to win games. And they did the exact opposite in this game. I mean, Washington State kind of – jumped out early to a 14 to three lead so this wisconsin team is not really built to play from behind and, and close the gap but somehow they did they they were able to fight back and throw the ball and get this game close but it just felt like they were never able to establish that run game and dominate on the line of scrimmage and when wisconsin does that when they're able to run the ball with those two dominant running backs then they're gonna win not shootouts i mean they show that they potentially could do that in the future, but they're just currently not built that way. So uh, they lose to Washington state, but man, shout out to Washington state. I think they played well on both sides of the ball. Uh, They forced two takeaways. Their quarterback impressed me. He was making plays with his legs and throwing the ball. Um, All in all, good game. Pac-12 after dark delivers again.
0: Definitely. And I wasn't able to watch this game fully because Oregon was still going on for most of this game, but Man, Wazoo looks better than I thought they were. This is a team that should definitely go bowling. I thought maybe they, they were like a friend's bowl team, but this is a team that should definitely mm-hmm. go bowling. I don't think they win the Pac-12 or anything like that, but Cam Ward, 20, 20 of 32, 212 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. So yeah, I that's good to see from him. Um, They did not really run the ball that well. They had – 81 rushing yards as a team, and Cam Ward was the leading rusher with 43 yards on 17 carries. So his average is only two and a half yards. I, I don't know if sacks are are in there or not, but I'm assuming. Yeah, so you know that's obviously something you gotta factor in, but definitely a big win for for Wazoo at home against year one. Luke Fickle. To me, this is just one of those one of those statements for them. I think I think Washington State is saying. Look, we're not going nowhere. You come to Pullman, you know what goes on. We know how Pullman is. I just talked about our game there last year, so that that was really cool to see. I'm not even going to lie. The Pac-12, the Pac-12 was still undefeated for a long time yesterday. So, yeah. you know, we still, I think we only lost two games because Arizona State lost to Oklahoma State and freaking Cal lost to Auburn in a freaking stinker of a game. It was like 14 to 10, just an ugly game. But yeah,
1: good for Wazoo. For sure. Um, and as for Wisconsin, I mean, just another out of conference game. You can't get too down on this, obviously uh, not the result that you want it. And definitely um, a game you probably should have won, Yeah. Um, but your goals are still in front of you. You could still compete to win the big 10 West and potentially go and play for that big 10 title game. But, um, yeah, just Chess Malizzi, 49 yards on 12 ca- carries, uh, Braylon Alley, Braylon Allen didn't get involved at all. He only had seven carries for 20 yards. Um, even Tanner Mordecai, he played all right, right? He he he, he wasn't terrible, but just for throwing the ball forty times, you're never going to win a game if if you're throwing the ball forty times and you're Wisconsin. That's just not your identity, and uh, they kind of got forced into that kind of game based on their early woes and and Washington State's uh, fast start. So, good game, all in all. Upset that I wasn't really expecting going into the day, but I am mad at it. Good for Washington State. Definitely. But all right, let's switch gears here to close out this show. Um, We had some breaking news earlier. Uh, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. I think yesterday kind of leaked a little bit, and then today all the uh, reports. Yeah, late at night. But um, uh, it was reported that uh, Michigan State head coach Mel Tucker – had been fired for some sexual misconduct. Um, But then it was kind of refuted that he's actually not fired, but he is on some sort of suspension without pay. Um, Reports basically came in that um, a former rape victim and activist, Brenda Tracy, um, had a phone call with him where he masturbated on the phone call. Oh, my God. Probably – yeah, said some sexual remarks as well and pretty much made her feel uncomfortable, Um, even though he knew about her past and her being a victim of sexual assault and other things like that. So pretty insensitive and, and, and not the best decision for Mel Tucker. He came out in a statement and said that they were having consensual phone sex. He did accept that he did masturbate and that that probably wasn't the best decision to do is have phone sex with her. But. He said that it was consensual and it wasn't anything predatory. Um, so obviously there, the investigation will continue to go on, but Michigan state has decided to, I guess, suspend him.
0: Yeah. First they say um, he was fired. Then they say he suspended.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, I know. Mel Tucker has been on the hot seat with Michigan State, so a lot of talk online has been that Michigan State is kind of just looking for a way out of his buyout since it is also another massive buyout, not quite as big as Jimbo Fisher's, but a lot of money. Um, and Michigan State isn't as rich as Texas a and M, I'll tell you that. Um, but I don't know. I don't know all the details to the situation fully yet, but that is big news. I mean, Michigan State... Um, was expected to kind of make some noise and maybe not win the big 10, but definitely be a team that could upset some of the other teams. And it just, things just have not gone well in the Mel Tucker tenure. Um, so it's looking like he's out. Um, I think that even if he does get cleared, he still is probably not going to come back. I think they'll be looking for a new coach eventually. Um, but yeah, man, just uh A sad, strange situation overall. Um, Just got to be careful uh, with all the decisions you make, no matter your age, um, stature, power. And don't think – think with with your brain. Don't think with your head, if you know what I mean. Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh. (laughs) I don't know if you have any final takes on that.
0: No, not on that, but – I do want to give a shout-out to my UTSA Roadrunners winning a nail-biter against Texas State. Um, Frank Harris went down in the game and came back in the game, and he was basically playing on one leg. He couldn't run. That's like a big part of his game. So shout-out to them for winning that close one in the Alamo Dome. And, um, yeah, that's
1: pretty much it. But And I just seen Mel Tucker's bout's about $70 million, so a lot of money. If he were paid that now, obviously, if they're able to fire him with cause, they wouldn't owe him all of that money. I don't know how much they would owe him after, but um, yeah, let's end it here. Going through the new top 25 poll, see where the rankings have us going into week three, Uh, Georgia and Michigan remain on top at one and two, respectively. Uh, Georgia beat Ball State 45 to three. Uh, Michigan beat UNLV 35-7 to this past week. Uh, Florida moves up one spot. Florida. Florida State moves up one spot uh, to number three in the country. Um, number four, after jumping up seven spots, is now Texas. After that win over Alabama, 34-24. to USC moves up one spot after their win against Nevada. Uh, they're now at five. Ohio state drops one despite beating Youngstown state 40-35 uh, to 7. Uh, Penn State and Washington both sit tight at 7 and 8 after their wins and Notre Dame moves up one after their win against NC State and then Alabama drops all the way down to number 10 seven spots after losing to Texas. Uh, so real quick, any reaction to that Official top ten? Any like that, or you should we just keep running through?
0: Um, yeah, I don't really have any reaction to the rankings. Really, I just think there's not really enough games yet. People always yeah. like to, you know, get all angry at them, but it is what it is. It doesn't really matter until moving the playoff up. rankings,
1: anyway. So keeping it moving, then we got Tennessee at eleven. They dropped two spots after the win against Austin P. Uh, Utah, Oregon, LSU, and Kansas State all stay at their ranks 12, 13, 14, and 15, uh, as does Oregon State at 16, um, with all of those teams getting uh, wins. Ole Miss moves up three spots after beating Tulane, and they're now at 17. Colorado jumps up four spots uh, all the way up to 18, um, while Oklahoma drops one spot. To 19 after beating smu uh, north carolina drops three spots after beating appalachian state and then the final four stayed the same with duke at 21 miami at 22 uh washington state has entered now i think at 23 and uh ucla is 24 and then iowa enters finally at 25 so that rounds out the top 25 the ap poll. look at all the Pac 12 teams there are eight Pac-12 teams. I think they have the number one. Yeah, where's all the SEC most ranked teams, ranked teams currently?
0: It just means um, less. Right now. It just
1: means less. But nah, I'm, I mean let's let's be careful now because let's let's really let's do this. You wanna you wanna go there? Let's do that. Because and I'm and I'm counting Texas as SEC. Oh, not so. yet. Not yet. <laughs> and you <laughs> so gotta count one, us two... as Big Ten.
0: If you count us, if you count them <laughs> as SEC, you gotta count us as Big Ten. All
1: right. all right. We still have one, two, three, four
0: five, you have, right, so five you have less
1: than us. top 25. You have less than us. Okay, less th- yeah, but that's still pretty, pretty Stinkers, pretty
0: even, even y'all bad teams have been stinkers. Like, like, what is Auburn doing in a dogfight with Cal? I don't care what the...
1: That's a West Coast game. Come on, bro. That's a no, weird one. They, those guys are from Alabama, bro. I like, don't care. You got to cut them some slack. What,
0: I don't care if it's the coach's first day of coaching football. Cal...
1: Low Hammers. That, that was an entertaining game. I like that game. I watched Lord it. Low Hammers. <laughs> Didn't end until almost like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. It's like 1.30 by the time it ended. Mm-hmm. But um, but all right. Uh, that is going to do it for our recap of week two. Uh, later on this week, we will be back for our preview. We'll highlight a handful of games. Um, we'll talk about majority of, of the games, but we'll highlight in specific a handful of games in a, Talk about any other news that may <laughs> break or drop Ah,
0: oh, week uh, three. time. Week three is the yep. worst week of college football.
1: Not for me. I got Florida, Tennessee this upcoming week. So Can I'm excited about that. Yeah, Tennessee travels to the swamp. Uh, it's a night game under the lights, 730, I believe. Mm-hmm. Not not 100% sure on that, but uh, yeah. So it's a big week for my Gators as we look to bounce back. Got a big win against McNeese. Huge win over the, the Cowboys of McNeese Uh, in all seriousness though. The Gators look pretty good. It was a cupcake, right? But But, they won 49 to seven. Blow them out like you're supposed to. It's okay. Exactly. And the defense pretty much held them out to a shutout until the last drive. So I'm really high on the Gators defense. I think they're going to wind up being a top (laughs) 30, top 40 unit by the time it's all said and done. Offense looked good, but it's McNeese. So I got to see them against SEC defense next week, but. Yeah, I feel pretty good about, about the Gators defense and the future in specific. I, I guess maybe this year you might struggle a little bit, but a lot of young Gators on the field on that defense, and that bodes well for the future because we're going to have a lot of experience um, and they're going to have a lot of years left of eligibility because they're all true freshmen playing right now. So I'm excited. Um, But, yeah, man, week three is upon us. Um, Let's get ready, get settled in. Um, any final thoughts or takes or anything like that you want to get off?
0: Well, um, it is week three where pretty much everybody just plays a cupcake before they get into conference play. So everybody, you want to see your team fix a lot of mistakes. You want to see them clean yep. it up. Um, just right. play, uh, just play well in general. Um, I know my ducks play against Hawaii, so they're better than Portland State, but we should handle them pretty good and. And I just don't want to see the dumb mistakes and the penalties. And and it'll be a nice tune-up game before we play Colorado. So definitely got to put some respect on Colorado and, and you know, and definitely got to play well to beat them. But, you know, on to Hawaii.
1: On to Hawaii and on to Tennessee for me. Um, until next time, guys, we appreciate all the love. if You've made it this far into the podcast. Make sure, like I said, you subscribe on Apple Podcast, on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating, a like, a thumbs up, whatever uh, you got to do to help us out there and get this out to other people that may be interested in our uh, show here. Um, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace.
0: Well,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.